How is everybody doing? And welcome back for another Strength Chat episode. I last spoke to this guest back in episode 118, so it's absolutely awesome to have him on again. Today, I am joined by the one and only Dr. Pat Davidson. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, just uh, things things can get kind of hectic in life, but I'm here this morning and it's a pleasure to talk to you. Awesome. Yeah, thanks a lot for taking the time to, to jump back on. Um, I think last time we, we spoke, it was kind of um, in the, uh, the height of sort of the, the, the COVID pandemic, if you like. But um, what's been going on since we last spoke? What's been happening in your world? Um, you know, I uh, let's see, like I've I've got I don't remember the last time we spoke. I'm just trying to think of like things that have kind of happened since about January. Uh, the book that I've been working on for three years was, was finally finished and available on the uh, Renaissance periodization site, the uh, coach's guide to optimizing movement. Um, let's see. Uh, you know, I, I launched an online platform for the, the, the same kind of thing, like the overall rethinking the big patterns model. So uh you know, I've got, I've got the, you know, kind of in the, the grand scheme of things, it's hard with, with timelines and different phases of a project operating on their own time system. But, you know, my overall goal with Rethinking the Big Patterns was to create a, uh, a certification model with it. And that certification model is kind of based on, um, you know, there's an online platform that people arrive at as kind of the, the first element. And it has introductory videos on it and there are quizzes that correspond to the introductory video uh, once people have finished the introductory quizzes then they'll be able to to sign up for in-person seminars um, and the in-person seminars are geared to be more hands-on um, you know doing exercises uh, me being able to see that people know how to do things properly and, and that they can coach things properly uh, and once people have done that, then there is going to be a final exam back on the online platform um, that will correspond both to like the in-person seminar information, as well as people are going to need to read the book and know what's involved with the overall model from the book to be able to pass the exam. And once people have passed that final exam, they'll be certified through this system. And uh, that's been a, a large project that's been a few years in the making. So th that's been uh, the, probably the main work-based thing that I've been, been focusing on and creating uh, in this time period. And now it's just a matter of kind of beginning the process of doing some of these in-person seminars again. You know, in the, in the United States, most of our states are kind of back to operating fairly close to pre-COVID ways. So people are starting to feel a little bit more comfortable with gathering again and coming to educational experiences. Uh, I have to revamp the presentations for these things and make sure everything is really the way that I want it to be in order to run a very good seminar and get across maximum information and be able to, uh, to make sure that everyone that goes to these things is very competent in what I what I want them to be competent after they attend. 
Yeah, I, I saw that you'd um, released, and I think last time we spoke, um, we were talking about the, you know, rethinking the big patterns and seeing that launch. Um, has, and, you know, has there been a, a lot of interest in that? I know it's something, you know, quite exciting um, uh, for you to launch, having worked for, for, for a long time. And um, are you looking forward to get back, um, you know, delivering sem- seminars and, you know, teaching back in person? Yeah, I really enjoy that. I, I really, uh, you know, I feel like my original career path was working as a professor. Uh, and I, my favorite part about that was, was working with students and getting across some of the major physiological concepts. And, you know, when, when I was at Springfield College, I, I, it wasn't like I was just teaching courses. Like, you know, I was coaching uh, the kids that competed in strength sports and I competed in strength sports with them. And most of the kids that were competing in the, in, on the team with, with me and, and with each other, uh, they were also kids that were in the same major. They were exercise science majors. So I would have them, uh, you know, typically they would be going through their, their um, you know, general courses, English, math, whatever. And then they would get me for their specific exercise science courses later on. So I would usually get them for at least two years and maybe four courses, and they could start to see the way in which the program design and the, and the course material really kind of came together, and they would understand, hey, this is why we're doing the things that we're doing, and this is why we're doing it, the, like, it's not only like this is the design, but this is why we're doing it this very specific way, like, I'm coaching it this way because there's there's a very strong reason behind everything that we're doing and nothing is just in there as happenstance and, and seeing them going through that process and being like, Oh my God, like this is why this is in the program. And this is why you're such a lunatic about it being done this way. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And, and that was really the most rewarding thing for me was, was experiencing that. And even now, um, you know, we have a lot of trainers come into hype gym and, and it's like, it's, it's not like I'm their boss or anything, but it's pretty cool when they are able to, to see like, oh, this is why you even bought this particular piece of equipment. Like, oh, oh, wow. There's a lot to this. There's a lot of depth to this. And, you know, I, I, I've seen students in particular in years past, like they'll get enamored by something like that and it'll drive them career-wise going forward. Like, wow, there's a lot more to this. We're not just coming in and sweating and like, just, you know, so like, I feel like, you know, when I grew up with gym class, it was almost like, Hey, we're going to just roll out the basketballs and and go get it. You know what I mean? (laughs) No, like there's a very specific systematic approach to everything. And, um, and the sequencing is important and, and literally everything has a, a reason for why it's there, the amount that it's there, the degree of progression that's involved. Like there's something there to it as to why it's exactly the way that it is. And to me, that's like a really good story. You know, I've, I've always been a fan of, of the idea that we're like these uh, like fireside storytelling apes. You know, that's that's kind of like what we really are in our heart, Um, you know, keeping each other company at night, protecting ourselves, acquiring some calories. um, But, you know, being able to give ourselves something to believe in 
and and some of us really thinking about things very deeply and coming up with incredible plans that consider this multitude of variables and the way that they come together. And, and we just love it when someone has put that level of thought into it. And the story grows deeper and deeper and deeper. And the deeper that it goes, that next level of depth is always the most beautiful thing. And to me, like science is not that different. Science is part of this human mythos. And, you know, it's, it's even cooler, though, because you get to, like, think about how it affects you personally and is part of your own journey in this very specific direction that, that you can envision from a goal perspective and, and kind of capture. And, and when you witness yourself actually following this path, it's one of the most rewarding things that can happen as a, as a human being, I think. And to know that you have some person that's a, like a Sherpa that you can rely on to help you in that process is, is one of the coolest relationships that you can form. Yeah, I think that's, a, you know, especially knowing why there's a, a reason behind anything sometimes can, if there isn't a reason, it's, oh, well, you're just going to do this a little bit like what you're saying about, you know, going and playing, bas- going and playing basketball. If it's just a case of, oh, well, just because I said so, just because, yeah, this, this is what we've got the time, you can kind of lose a little bit of faith with it. Whereas, you know, if you've got a reason behind it, look, you know, this is going to, if we're talking from a, a gym point of view or a performance point of view, X, Y, and Z is going to have an influence on this and it's going to allow you to get from point A to point B in, in, terms, of your, in terms of your goals. And from a coach's point of view, it gets buy-in with clients and then that way, you know, you can see them progress, see them progress a little bit more, which, um, you know, I think is, uh, I, I think is, I think is really good. Um, obviously last time we spoke and obviously you mentioned about, uh, you know, launching, rethinking the big patterns, um, diving into sort of the questions that I sent over uh, in, in mind. Um, and I know you've put a little bit on your, uh, on your social media about breathing as well over the, over the last, over the last couple of months. How does, when we're speaking about movement, and I know you've categorized movements into, you know, the planes of movement and what we want to get out of those, but where do you feel or how important is breathing when it comes to, comes to movement as well? Yeah. So to me, it's, it's like, uh, the overall thing and, and like, I, I just haven't, I haven't heard anybody put a more, uh, I think the Bill Hartman's model overall is the most accurate one in terms of the essence of movement of this expansion, expansion and compression approach, um, which I think a lot of people just misunderstand. But, um, you know, movement is not exclusive to the realm of biology, like movement preceded biology, inorganic matter moves Okay, and the rules that apply to the movement of inorganic, like everything has like an a priori system to it. You know what I mean? Like uh, you can't just there's rules that precede what you observe. And the older rules are typically more simple and actually explain the the things that are more difficult to see because they appear more complex. But underneath the hood, they're not really that more complex. Uh, so like literally all movement is some form of expansion or compression at its, at its essence. And, and even gradients are kind of this same phenomenon of like you sequester molecules and then they, they kind of go downhill in another direction, which would be a form of expansion. You know, they, they boom, you package them and it's like uphill, downhill kinds of stuff. 
Um, and so breathing respiratory action, uh, ventilatory action is actually probably a better way to put it because respiration really gets into cellular mechanics of, uh, you know, how, how the uh, aerobic system works. But ventilation is just another part of this. It's just another expression of it. Like, I don't see the lungs filling with air as being that different from an ankle going into plantar flexion, you know, or a hand supinating. They're both expressions of expansion. So it's just, you know, you have all these tools potentially to utilize if you determine that a particular task that a person is doing requires this expansion concept. And you can look and see whether or not someone may be struggling with either expansion or compression more at their kind of fundamental base level. And, you know, we kind of have this, this infrasternal angle assessment as your best case proxy for like, hey, you don't move that great. You know, you're, you're either stiff or you're like the contents of a lava lamp. And neither of those is particularly good. Uh, I want you to be able to have a greater fluidity to you so that you can have the ability to have the gas pedal and you can have brakes and you can have everything in between. It's almost like there's the North Pole and the South Pole, extreme compression, extreme expansion. I want you to be able to reach both of those poles and I want you to be able to run the gamut in between those poles. And a lot of people can't, like I'm all gas, no brakes, you know, and um it's hard to do things like hit a golf ball really well if you have no brakes because your backswing is going to be sticky and short and your follow through is going to be sticky and short because those are areas where it necessitates your ability to externally rotate and get into an inhale on one side of your body. If you can't do that, then you're not going to be able to really get the full expression of what's needed for optimizing that part of that movement. You just can't do it. Sorry, you're a nice guy and everything ain't in the cards. Um, so it could be that the in like coaching through the breath might be, you know, the approach that I take with a certain person, but it's not the only one. It's just, it's another tool in that toolbox of a larger concept. So it's not that it's unimportant. Everything's important. And like, it, you know, to me, there's a really weird way of trying to explain this. Okay. Yeah. And it's almost like if, if you were to think about a number scale, okay. And you were to think of like, like whole numbers, zero to one, all the way zero to infinity. Okay. In the positive direction. That's all. That's an infinite scale right there. Okay. But inside of each of those numbers, those, those, those levels, one to two, there's actually an infinite number of decimals that, that between one and two. There's actually infinity inside of one to two. It's just smaller infinity as compared to the larger infinity that I just described before that. Yeah. Okay. And literally the, every single thing in between there is a scaled larger infinity as we go out. There's infinities inside infinities inside infinities but there's larger infinities and there's smaller infinities, which is a weird thing to think about. So within the model of the skeleton, 
it's a similar kind of a thing. Like the skeleton has constraints, just as there's actually constraints around infinity. There's infinity between one and two, but there's still constraints because it's still between one and two. Yeah. You know, uh, the same thing with physics. Like it seems like there's limitless force, but there's still mass times acceleration, you know, or, or, or I'm sorry, like, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically what it is. Like there's, there's infinities in there, but there's still a constraint. It's a weird kind of a thing to, to try to wrap your mind around with this stuff. So, but some things are larger than others. And, and I'm not saying I understand from a skeletal perspective, like, hey, the ankle joint is the infinity scale between zero and two or something like that. Yeah. And that, you know, the respiratory system is between one and 75. So they're both infinity, but that one's larger. I'm just saying that there's probably a hierarchical order in terms of which region is more important or more critical or whatever, but I don't know what that rank order system is, and I don't know the degree to which it is. I would say that the, the respiratory, the ventilatory system is obviously like unbelievably important. It's just that it's part of an overall concept that is an umbrella over it, you know, which is yeah. that when we're exhaling, we're creating a compression phenomenon. And when we're inhaling, we're participating in an expansion phenomenon. And if I can't skin the cat through purely coaching ventilation, I've got a bunch of other approaches that I can take in terms of like, you know, I'm going to flex your humerus between zero and 60 degrees. I'm going to externally rotate it. I'll supinate your hands. You know, that will contribute towards providing you more of the same thing that I'm getting at by coaching something related to a ventilatory inhale. Yeah. When you, when you're saying there about, you mentioned about a hierarchy and whether you're going to get from one, from one point to another, I think sometimes it is, you know, by adding in, you know, some breathing drills or looking, or looking at that point. Whereas I think on the flip side of that, I think sometimes, you know, coaches or people can be like, ah, it's breathing. That's the missing thing. That's the missing piece of the puzzle that I need to, that I need to focus on rather than, you know, addressing some of the other, like what you mentioned, tools in your toolbox that might improve performance and, and, and improve training. Just touching on that, because obviously you mentioned about the uh, about the golf swing. In terms of breathing, in terms of adding that in and seeing how that could, you know, positively impact performance and, and training. Is there a certain point from where you do your assessments where we're focusing on movement, and then we're going to get to a point where, all right, okay, we, we're going to sprinkle in some breathing drills or have a look at uh, have a look at uh, drills um, for, to improve breathing to improve performance? And is there any sort of red flags? where he looks and thinks, all ah, right, okay, so they're not breathing properly through this exercise. We maybe need to work on that a little bit. Yeah, so I think that it's like, number one, you got to look at who's in front of you. What's their needs analysis? If you've got a personal training client and their goals are just to like, you know, like there's only two goals that they ever come in with, but in reality, there's usually only one goal, which is that they're there to look better and feel better, you know? And it's kind of like, well, the primary ways that I'm going to get there, like, okay, it, it doesn't really change what I'm going to do. You know, I basically know what I'm going to do with them no matter what. So this is something I was having a conversation with somebody a couple of weeks ago about how there's so many physical therapists out there that do these elaborate testing things 
but then they're going to give the person a clamshell and a band external rotation, no matter what, like they were already going to do that, but it's like they need buy-in or whatever the hell they need to be able to confirm what they were already going to do. Oh, you have a problem with your hip. Well, we're going to do clamshells, uh, but I'm not there yet in terms of telling you you're going to do clamshells, but you're going to do clamshells. You know, it's like, man, I could have told you you're going to have this person do clamshells three hours ago before they even came in. Cause the last seven people did clamshells too. Uh, so, you know, I get that you put them on the table and you have your whole thing or whatever the hell it is that you do ritualistically, but uh, let's get real here. You were going to do this thing anyways. So when it comes to personal training, it's like, let's get real here. I don't have that many options here. Like uh, I'm going to do resistance training and I'm going to do cyclic aerobic stuff with this person. And why? Because those are the two best approaches to be able to move the person towards body composition changes. And I'm going to talk to them about getting on a diet and I'm going to give them approaches and I'm going to talk to them about not being a jerk on the weekends and, you know, how to avoid pitfalls. Like that's what I'm going to do. Do I really need to do an elaborate assessment? No, I don't do any assessment there. I already know, generally speaking, they're going to be like, like their strength is going to be between a certain window on pretty much every exercise. You watched enough people. You're like, okay, they're going to squat, uh, you know, this much weight, like within, within this window, this person looks a little bit bigger and maybe more athletic than the last 10 people I saw, but pretty much everybody's here. So we're going to do some kind of knee dominant exercise, some kind of hinge. We're going to push, we're going to pull. We'll get them doing some assistance exercises. Probably women psychologically will do a little bit more in the way of like, glute focus stuff, men will do a little bit more of arms and shoulders, but you know, they're going to do the big rocks and then we're going to work, uh, you know, in some kind of a fashion doing cyclical stuff and how much breathing am I going to do if they're hurt or if they're coming to me, like with a weird psychological thing, like nowadays it's like people do like the, the, the zeitgeist of the common folk has now gotten its hands around the words, mobility and stability. And it's like, yeah, you know, I was talking to my friend and I need more whatever. And it's, I need more ankle dorsal. The number of people I get now that are like obsessed with ankle dorsiflexion, I'm like, trust me, like uh, you need a hell of a lot more than that. But do you really need that much for what we're going to do? Like, um, I'm going to make good choices for you exercise wise so that you don't really have joint problems. And we're going to work hard enough to get muscular stimulation. And we're going to, you know, do some stuff that'll hopefully assist you with fat burning and appetite based things. But uh, I don't know how much ankle dorsiflexion you need. You're, you're not a high level performer. Uh, like, what are, you, what are you trying to do? You, you're going out for the Olympics in a sport that I don't know about. No, like you, you work a regular job, like you're just trying to look better and, I guarantee you, if you gain a little bit of muscle and you lose some fat, you'll feel better. And, and that's our job. Like, that's it. It's simple. Let's not, let's not overcomplicate it. I keep using these analogies about cars. And uh, <laughs> I keep saying that personal training is like driving Toyota Camrys. Like, uh, it's a regular car. You go roughly around the speed limit on the roads you drive on. You put your blinker on when you change lanes. You, and if you do donuts in the parking lot or try to take it off jumps, you look like an idiot. Okay. <laughs> the same way that when you have personal training clients try to like do elaborate plyometrics or crazy ladder drills, 
it just looks ridiculous. It looks the same as seeing like a 16 year old try to do tricks with the Toyota Camry. It's like, it's not built for that. Like, man, like if you, if you bought a Lamborghini and you're ripping that thing around in a parking lot, like that's cool. Okay. I'll stop and watch <laughs> that. Like, damn, like that thing just left a streak, like, like six feet wide and, and half a mile long. Like that's incredible. That thing sounds like a rocket ship. And uh, yeah, like, Hey, if you've got that thing and you, and if you drive that thing, like a Toyota Camry, I actually have an issue with you. You know, it's, that's, that's just as ridiculous. Like, come on, man, you're driving that thing 35 miles an hour. It's like literally cracking through the back muffler. Like it's, it's dying. Like, let it run, let it go. Like you can't treat a thoroughbred like it's a, you know, a horse that pulls the carriage through central park. This thing wants to run, man. It was built for it. Uh, and the same thing with, with just working with different kinds of athletes. Like if I've got like, you know, uh, a really high level explosive athlete, like, you know, I, I have to make sure that I feed them what's appropriate for them. You know, like, what am I going to do? Like, and also like, if they're like, like how much breathing do I need? Like if I get the number one pick for the NHL or something like that, you know what? Chances are they probably move pretty well. Yeah. You know, like how do I really need the redundancy of like, driving this very slow, low velocity, high sensory motor concept into them. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I could, I could also just set them up for success with the way that I use the resistance training and the medicine ball throwing and, and other drills that like, if I, to me, that's, that's kind of where it's the fun stuff lives is like, if I understand some of these other concepts, I can just kind of build them into the setup of, of a medicine ball throw. Like, you know, I look at like a, a good half kneeling medicine ball throw is a great way to train the hips and to be able to really get people to understand how, how to move a rib cage and how to dissociate a neck. And, you know, it's, it's a hell of a lot more of a training stimulus. And if I've got someone that needs to be able to get out on the ice and hammer around and be muscular and an athlete. And like, you know, we're talking about like some serious meatheads with some of these, these things like, and I can relate, like, I don't want to lay around doing this stuff, low velocity, like give me a chance to get out there and like, you know, really wail on something like that's, yeah. that's what I am at heart. And I know like if I've got a guy that, that wants to compete in the UFC, like, you know, but then there's this difference. Like if I get a guy that's, that's 38 years old, and they've been in, in a league for a while and they're beat up and they're like, Hey man, my neck, my hip, my back, my shoulder, my this, that, and the other thing, my knee. It's like, it's a different approach. Now, now we're really talking about like, man, this person's been through a war for like a, over a decade and they need something different. Like they're already strong. Like they wouldn't yeah. be where they are if they weren't strong. Uh, they wouldn't be where they are if they didn't have some explosiveness to them and all that kind of stuff. I, I need to literally, you know, I, I do like, you know, the postural, postural restoration Institute, that second word restoration is a great word in their tagline. I just think of it like, you know, this is a monument that has just had people spray paint it and birds have flown over it and shit on it and, and that whole thing. 
But if I can just clean it off, it's still the same beautiful monument that was put up 30, 40 years ago. It just needs to be cleaned off. All Everything is still there. It's just somebody come along and, and like remove some of the, the, the debris that's collected on it. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, if you've got this pretty big tool belt and you're not a jerk about trying to enforce the same tools on everybody, I think that you can be pretty good at this stuff. Um, and even within the same sport, like, I don't know, uh, if I've got a golfer, and even like, even within golfers, like if you just look at somebody like a Dustin Johnson, he doesn't need any more work on being able to get into positions. He can get into every position, every single one, you know, like what do I do with somebody like that, that their swing is so pure and perfect in every way. Like what's he need a breathing drill to be able to rotate his thorax more? No, it's already there. He's got everything you could ever want. I might listen to him and hear like, hey, like this thing has been kind of nagging me, you know, and I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll use my tool belt or, or just send him to a physical therapist that all day, all they do is just like, you know, they know the same things that I know from a mechanic standpoint, but their personality is more suited towards, you know, purely rehab kinds of things. If I got a guy and look, Dustin Johnson is a bad example because he's got all the power in the world. Like, what am I going to do? Like, hey, man, what you need to do is you need to get better at compression because your ball <laughs> flight, you're only carrying 320 yards. Like, uh, if we don't carry 400, then it's like, no, man, like, he's like, what are you going to do at this level? Like, I don't know if he's just feeling right and he's mentally in a good place, he's probably going to dominate. And, you know, what I probably can help him with is like listening to him in terms of like travel and sleep and food and like just having a better game plan on those things. Um, that's probably where I'd be able to help him. It was almost as a consultant. Yeah. Um, but some guys, it's like they'll have all the wind up in the world and all the follow through in the world. See this with like some some of the, the women's, you know, ladies PGA or something like that, like man, their, their, their backswing goes 20 miles. It's like they touch their, their back foot with the club head and then they touch their front foot with the club head on the follow through. But it's like, there's, you know, there's not a lot of strength and power. If I could just get this person to, to develop some strength and some really good solid compression in the middle, that would probably be a major difference maker for that person. And you know, I don't think I'm going to lose this unbelievable, like you got, they got more than enough wind up and more than enough follow through. Not a problem. There's no issues. Let's just put a little bit of an engine under that hood now. Um, so, yeah. and then you just have so many other different kinds of sports. Like there's, there's just so much in, in, in the way in terms of, there's just, there's a lot of variables. Okay. And, and that's what I was trying to create with the big spreadsheet of, of rethinking the big patterns. It's like, look, man, you got 13 motor patterns. Not everybody needs to do all of them. Okay. Like if I've got, like I said, a personal training client, do they really need to do a ton of plyometrics? Do they need a ton of high velocity front back stance, triple extension, no, like I don't need to be doing like split squat jumps and split squat cycle jumps with them just because I saw it on Instagram. It doesn't really make that much sense with their goals. Yeah. I think you what, 
a couple of things that you mentioned on there, it's uh, 100%, you know, looking at the person that's in front of you and what buckets need to be full. You know, if they've got strength and power, right, then we need to need to maybe work at the other low hanging fruit of sleep and nutrition and, and those sort of things. And you, you mentioned a couple of times of, you know, you still want them to have a training stimulus, you know, especially for, um, you know, uh, athletes that come to the gym, you know, the gym is to help them with their, with, with their performance. I really like the analogy of, you know, working with general population clients, you know, realistically, what are their goals? What are they wanting to be strong for? What are they wanting to be fit for and reach them where they're at? One thing that you did mention though is, you know, when people get caught up in, in phrases of, mobility stability functional training and picking up at little things of all oh, right so this is this is the missing this is the missing puzzle puzzle that puzzle that i need whereas actually you know you can still get that training stimulus and coach breathing with something that's a little bit a little bit more interesting because say you did do it with a general population client who was coming in they just want to come in they want to throw some dumbbells around feel strong feel good when they go out if they're doing that and then lying down on you know lying down and doing breathing drills well, hang on a minute, This how, how is this, you know, it's making sure that, like what you said at the very start, making sure that they're seeing how does this exercise here impact on their goals and on their on, on their journey. Do you think you, in terms of, um, uh, you know, the functional training and people getting people getting caught up on that, that they're trying to look for that maybe magic formula or that or the missing piece of the puzzle, whereas actually, from what you've mentioned there, it's consistency, it's meeting and where you're at and looking and seeing what buckets are full and what do we need to add in a little bit more? Yeah, look, like I just, like the, whatever functional training is, it, to me, it's usually coaches that are creating exercises that are actually too challenging for the athlete to be able to do competently. Mm. You know, it's like most people, even athletes are not that good at exercise. The people that are the best in the world at exercise are usually exercise professionals. And even when you work with them, you realize they're not that good. Like everybody's pretty bad at everything, quite honestly, except for like, it's so surprising to me when I encounter somebody that actually I put them on the table and all their joints move like really well. And then they're good at exercise. I'm like, who the hell are you? How'd you get this way? Like, uh, and so it's kind of like, but even with them, it's like you still have to coach them at a really high level. So people's expectations for what people, for, for what the people are going to work with can do properly are way off, in my opinion. You know, like, like if I'm thinking about a squat, you know, I, I feel like, well, the functional movement screen says you should be able to overhead squat. And I'm like, I don't really think I would use an overhead squat in the training of anybody I've seen. It's too damn hard. Like people are already, people aren't even good at like, you know, a back squat, let alone an overhead squat. It's just really challenging. Um, you know, I, 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 I go out of my way to regress these exercises back to things that are so simplistic. And it's like, finally, I get to the point with like, you know, we, we bought a pendulum squat, which is like, you know, to me, God's gift to training people with legs. Uh, we got, we got a, a Kaiser leg press and a pendulum squat. And that's basically where I've seen people be able to really consistently be competent with uh, their knee dominant exercises, you know, and there's so many constraints built into each machine that it's like, you, you almost can't do it wrong. The pendulum squat keeps your axial skeleton 
in one place and it doesn't let your pelvis go anywhere. And the responses that you hear from people is just crazy. They're like, oh my God, my quads and glutes are just going crazy. Like I've never felt anything like this before. And it's not like I'm like loading, like it's just normal loading and rep schemes. It's, it's not anything different. And these are people that like, you know, I've coached them on other things before. And it's like the response that I'm getting is better. If you were to just simply kind of go by like Mike Isretel's stimulus to fatigue ratio and the factors that go into stimulus and the factors that go into fatigue, it's, you know, you get kind of like the mind muscle connection, the pump, um, and, and something else in, in the, in the stimulus side of thing, muscle disruption. Okay? okay. And then on the fatigue side, it's like you get joint pain, uh, you get non-used muscle decreases in performance and you have perceived effort. So from a stimulus perspective, everybody that uses this thing is like my quads and glutes just got blown up. I didn't feel my back at all. You know, I didn't get any of the stuff I didn't want. I got all of the stuff that I do want. And I'm not hearing anybody complain about knee, hip, back, none of that stuff. No joint stuff going on so far with, and of course you can just take things really far as people get good at it and anything can become a problem. Okay. But usually better exercise choices take longer to get there. You got more of a runway to actually build fitness and progressive overload uh, when the exercise itself features more of the primary target and just less factors that would influence side effects that you don't want. So it's kind of like, wow, this thing is so regressed. It's amazing. You know, it's literally building a complete slab of a constraint so that your head, your thorax and your pelvis are in alignment as you bring your butt down to your heels and push your butt away from your heels in like a very straight line elevator sort of a movement rather there's no you can't hinge you just can't hinge it whatsoever it just doof 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 it with a little swing to it so it's a little smoother than a hack squat uh and it's like wow like this is the thing that actually gives me all of the responses that i'm looking for with almost nothing in the way of the problematic things that that people oftentimes report and like i mean look like if you've done this for long enough you just realize like almost everything will cause people problems at some point you know it's like yeah these goblet squats i'm really feeling it in my elbows or something you know you just hear stuff where you're like really like god god i thought i picked the easiest thing possible I guess not. Like, I guess there's still like a downside or a problem even to this damn thing. But it's kind of like, I I just feel as though I know it, like I'm not married to an exercise. I I could give two shits what you barbell back squat or front squat. It's just completely irrelevant to what you said you are looking for. Like, it doesn't make any difference. Like you you came in with this this goal that's like over here. And I'm like, you know what you need to do is this one specific thing that I believe strongly is just this critical thing that all humans have to do in the weight room. Is it? Like, I I don't know. Like, probably not in reality. But if you said, hey, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, even like anything that would involve muscle mass in the legs. I'm like, okay, well, 
I think that what's required to get you there is recruitment of large swaths of muscle tissue where we really bring them within proximity of failure. And we do this multiple times and we do more of that over time in a logical sequential manner. And you probably need to eat a little bit more food progressively over time. Okay. I think this is a pretty good choice of a drill that's going to get these particular muscles, quads, glutes. And then we probably need to do something hip wise that's going to get the other tissues on the other side of the legs. All right. And then we got to do some other stuff that maybe get the inner, inner thighs. So maybe like some kind of split squat. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll pick really good choices for you on that realm. Yeah. It's interesting what you said there about the goblet squat, because why, why I had to smile to myself there. Um, I've got clients that do goblet squat and it gets to a point where you can only hold so much weight with your, with your arms until, you know, you, you know, your upper body is going to be able to do as much as your lower body. And it's like, all right, okay. So we need, we need to change the variation a little bit. And it does, it, you know, it makes sense. You get to a point where, right. Okay. We need to, we need to change things, change things around and make sure that we're going to try and pick the best exercises that we can. Do you think from the, from the sort of coach's point of view, when we're talking there about the goal and the exercise variation, a little bit similar to what you were talking about there, um, physical therapist, right? They knew that they were going to give them a banded clamp, but they're going to talk about everything else. Do you think from the coach's point of view, when we're talking about, you know, trying to balance that thing off, right, this is what would be the ideal exercise to achieve this goal. But I feel as though I need to get by and I feel as though I need to show off and try these exercises and keep them interested. Do you reckon that's where sometimes coaches lose sight of actually getting results with clients and goals and are trying to look for variation and the new the, the most interesting exercise that they can give them. Yeah. I'm not even sure anymore. I, I think that there's just so much um, propaganda that people have heard about, like you better do things that are standing uh, with no machines or otherwise you're just developing like dumb muscles. There's no proprioception. There's no synergists. It's like, uh, and then it's just like this complete buy-in. If you're not doing mobility work and paling and railing people and like doing all this stuff, then you're not really training them. I think that there's a lot of that vocalized to people. And it's like people, I really think that most people that work in fitness are very well-intentioned people that are truly trying to provide people with what they think is their best foot forward. And, and yeah, it's like sometimes it's like, like what do we all do when we kind of are talking to each other after our sessions? Like we complain about the way that clients like dismiss exercises or pro like put their own input in that we find ridiculous. And it's like, Oh, I had another one insisting on intermittent fasting, you know, because like they hear like random things and you never know like what, what snapshot of fitness culture or stuff your clients are going to get. But I think that a lot of coaches are um, are also trapped in the same kind of a thing. It's just really hard to get um, a coherent model presented to you that you can actually utilize to guide you with your approaches. You know, it's a fragmented field with people that have fragmented educations. And I think they're doing the best they can within this kind of like mosaic structure of information that they're working from. And then they're just trying to like fill some time or whatever. They don't, the, the, 
the basics are so infinite, but it's almost like if you don't fully understand how they work, then you're going to almost get bored with it. You know, and it's like, oh, if I don't do this thing where they're like standing on one leg and slamming the med ball this way and this way, then I'm violating some rule that someone made up that it's like, there's so much of that. Like I'm not providing this functional stimulus that I heard from the TRX guru down the road. It's like, and then it just doesn't fit within any sort of backdrop of a holistic model. I think it kind of, um, from, from what you've mentioned there, you know, you do, there are sort of like fragments that you'll, that you'll pick and trying to, I think one of the key things that you said there was trying to do the best that they can. I've had clients that come in and ask questions and it's kind of like, look, this is the plan that we're going to put in place. And this is, this is, this is, you know, how I think it's going to be the best way for you to achieve your goals. And it kind of goes full circle to what you were mentioning before about, you know, there's got to be a reason behind why you're doing this and, you know, making people uh, understand. And that's what buys, that's, that's what get, gets by in rather than, right, we're going to do this thing where we're standing on a Swiss ball, juggling, trying to do a back squat and all these sort of things. This is going to do stability, mobility and functional training all in one thing. Well, actually, no, you know, let's, let's increase our knowledge base on what's going to actually work and then tell people why this is, why this is what we're going to do rather than like what you were mentioning, you know, those infinities within infinities, one small thing that actually isn't getting us any closer to the, to, to, to the next step or, or the next goal. Um, so yeah, quite a few uh, topics and analogies uh, thrown in there and, uh, you know, lots of topic of conversation. Um, yeah. the, the, the last question that I, that I wanted to ask from everything that we've chatted. Real Sorry, quick before we, yeah. before we jump into that was something that I was thinking about, like, because it's funny, like the, the, there's so much to learn from the funny things that like your clients will say or people in general, because we're, we're so, we're such an animal that just gets a snapshot of something and then just makes this big decision based on a snapshot. So, you know, I, I followed the, the, I use the Renaissance periodization diet app to help me go for like certain, you know, gain this much weight in this much time, lose this much weight, maintain, blah, blah, blah. And it's all like a macro system. And you just kind of like plug things in. And during my work day, like I'm, it's, there's no kitchen at work. I can't just cook and stuff like that. And I, I'm pretty lazy when it comes to like meal prepping for the week. So a lot of the times, <clears throat> one of the meals that always seems to fit well from the macros is Bagel, I put some Nutella on the bagel and I have a protein shake. Okay. And that's usually what my clients see me eat. And they're like, oh, you're on that bagel diet. Oh, there's a bagel and <laughs> Nutella guy. And I'm like, listen, man, like it's not what I ate for breakfast. It's not what I'm going to eat at my 630 meal, and my 930 meal. You're just literally watching me eat my 1130 meal or my one o'clock meal. Okay. Because this is the easiest way. And it's look like it fits into see how it fits into this model. And it like, I can toggle the amount of ba like, I'm not eating just this indiscriminate amount of bagel. I'm not just <laughs> slathering. Like it says that I get 85 grams of bagel and 25 grams of Nutella. It's on the scale. I put it on there, you know, and if I do this, I'll literally get the results that I'm looking for, but no, it's like, I'm not on the bagel diet. Okay. But they all say, Oh, you're on the bagel diet. And it's like, Oh my God. Yeah. I'm on the, the bagel. Sure. I'm on the bagel diet. Okay. And it's like, no, it's just literally, it's the same thing as almost like the breathing thing. I think it's like the perfect thing. It's like, Oh, you're the breathing guy because I saw you 
coaching this person on the way that you want them to exhale and inhale. It's like, um, well, I needed to do that at that point in time for that person for the outcome that I'm looking for. The same thing, like, hey, I told this system that I want to weigh 198 pounds by September 2nd, okay? And it's guiding me there. And I chose this thing because it fits into the structure of, of the model that I'm following. Yeah. That's all it is. You know, that's, that's, and, and if I'm consistent about it and I do it over time and I update it and I continue to collect information, I guarantee you, I'm going to weigh exactly what it says, what I, what I asked it to weigh on this date. I guarantee it. Yeah. You know, the, the analogy of the nutrition that, you know, may, that, that's a good analogy to use, especially with the system side of things, because you know, people will only see a snapshot, like exactly what you said, see a snapshot of it. Whereas actually, you know, that there is a time scale of, right. If I eat X, Y, and Z, hit these numbers, this is, this is where, this is where it's going to go in terms of the training side of things. Yeah. I think it can be a case of, you know, especially with social media and everything, they'll only see one, like what you said, one snapshot, whereas actually you put that onto a big, a big screen and be like, right, well, this is workout one all the way to, I don't know, workout a hundred, whatever you were doing. That you know, right? Well, this is this was this was in there, which I think sometimes I, I sometimes miss. So, um, yeah, I thought that I think that's a good uh, a, a good analogy in terms of fitting that within a system or seeing one yeah. thing of a system. It's a little bit like you know, I always like the photograph of um, or the 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 uh, photo that uh, someone stood on the podium and they see that. Oh, okay, so you just rocked up to the competition and just and just won won gold. There's all those little blocks underneath it that got that got to that point. Um, so from everything that we've that, that we've chatted about there, um, what would you uh, what would your take on points or words and words of wisdom would be from from the topics that we've covered there? Yeah, you know it's funny. Like I I I didn't really I didn't talk about it before, but I, I have this other thing that I offer the athletic weapon program, and and I wanted that to be something where people like number one, it's like I, I wanted to offer programming to people just to, from a business perspective. You know what I mean? Um, and, but it's simultaneously, it's kind of like, I want people to see what I'm actually doing. Like, I've never wanted to be this person that's like, I hate the Wizard of Oz kinds of people that hide behind the, the curtains and all that kind of stuff. It's like, no, like, um, I want you to see exactly what I choose to do for myself too. Like, I'm, I, this is how I structure my training. You know, it, like if you follow along exactly with what I'm doing, I think you're going to get really good results. If you, it's not a bodybuilding program. It's like, it's, it's going to be general overall athletic development. Like you'll get stronger, you'll improve muscular development, your aerobic system, speed, power, all of those things are in it. You know, like to me, it's almost like I, I'm, I'm training as if I was preparing myself for the NFL combine for the rest of my life. That's just how I choose to live my life. And there's a lot that would go into that, you know, uh, a whole lot of things. And I have to manage my own training volume very carefully because I have this crazy mind that wants to always you know, I, I'll, I'll run myself into the ground. I'll put myself in a grave if I don't like manage the mathematics of it extremely carefully and stick exactly to what I said I was going to do. So it's like so structured out, so ahead of time, so pre-planned. 
so exact in every element. And it's like, here, here it is. Okay. And, and not only that, but like, I'll literally videotape every single training session, every single rep, every single exercise. So you can see, like, I'm not just saying that this is the program, like I'm doing it. You'll see every single thing, like the consistency there's, it's the least sexy video that's ever been put out in the fitness industry for a product. There's very little talking other than shit talking, maybe with other people in the gym or out in the field or something like that. It's almost like you just went to uh, a team practice or something like that, where it's just me busting on other people and then busting on me and just back and forth. But most of it is just kind of like being out of breath and like struggling in between sets or something like that. Uh, and it's, it's not like a, it's not an, an infomercial. It's just like, okay, this dude is literally just training and it's just being captured. That's it. It's just this program following that program exactly to the letter consistently every single day for months on end. And here it is. Okay. And and that's all I've I, like, that's kind of the main thing that I want from this industry is it's like, <clears throat> let's stop with, with all of the, you know, the false sales, the false, like, I like to talk shit. Okay. I like to just stir things up and I'm not even really sure why. Okay. It's probably not even the healthiest thing, but it just kind of like, riles things up and every now and then i just like to like grab the hornet's nest and just shake it and just see what happens (laughs) and just roll it down the road and see all the hornets come out and get all angry and it's like that was kind of cool but overall like to me the stuff that works is fundamental knowledge of the basics anatomy and physiology fundamental knowledge of uh, mechanics, fundamental knowledge of program design concepts, uh, and then just the diligence to actually sit down by yourself and scheme it out. Like really write it out and really talk about exactly how you're going to do it. It's just planning. And that's boring. It's super boring. It takes hours and hours and hours and hours and hours to sit and plan something out and to really consider how this variable affects that variable and then do it and see how it goes. And like, don't partially do it, 100% do it with 100% compliance and evaluate how that went and then make adjustments off of that. And that's not exciting stuff. Like it's, it's really <laughs> incredibly unexciting, but you'll, if you actually do it, like from both the training side and the nutrition, like I'm just talking the absolute basics here. Choose the damn things that you're going to do, stick to it, progress it, choose the stuff you're going to eat, stick to it. Don't cheat on it. See what happens. And over time, like what will happen will blow your mind. It's just that it's not going to be immediate. You know, it's, it's going to take some time and, and that consistency and adherence and diligence, those are the big three. And nothing good is going to happen without those big three in there. 
Uh, and the more that you can take your own ego out of it, the better. And that ego is going to pop up over and over again. And I'm going to go for another rep this set. Don't stick to what you said you were going to do. If it says there's two reps in reserve at the end of the set, don't go to failure. Don't. That's your ego talking to you. You know, I, I, I ate really well this week, so I'm going to reward myself. Don't. That's your ego again. It's just coming up like, you know, it takes it takes a long time to try to just put pinpricks in your ego more and more and more and more and more. And to try to listen to a structured guide that is outside of your own moment to moment willpower, you know, and the more that you're able to do that, probably the better the outcomes you're going to get across the board. And that's really unsexy and really hard to do, especially in the modern age where everybody wants to show off and be a big shot and prove whatever the hell to themselves and to other people. And, uh, and I just think it's like a, a, it's a, it's a really false deity in some ways. Absolutely. You know, I can just imagine people scrolling through, listening to the podcast on social media or whatever, and then just going, what? So I don't need to look for a crazy exercise. I don't need to look for this new, for this new thing. It is. It's just, you know, setting a plan and sticking to that plan because, you know, if you keep swapping, changing every two weeks, you, you know, you're never going to, you're never going to do everything. Same as if, you know, you did it, if you were learning something at school, oh, well, I've, I've, I've done maths for two weeks now and now I don't understand maths. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to do something else. Um, yeah, I thought that was a, a really good point to point to finish on. So um really enjoyed catching back up with you, uh, Pat. Really enjoyed, you know, the conversation and the and the chat that we had today. For anyone listening who might have any questions about what we spoke about, want to have a look at rethinking the big patterns, you know, the athletic weapon that you that you uh, mentioned about as well. Where can people find you, reach out to you, or ask you questions? Sure. Um, I know that uh, you know my Instagram. Through the bio link, it'll have everything you could ever need. Um, I believe that there's like a, a landing web page as well that I've got uh, that you know can kind of direct people to to everything that that I've got as far as offerings go. Um, so I, I would just say like the the Instagram is probably the easiest one because again, it's almost its own landing page at this point. You go to the bio link, it, it takes you to everything. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'll just continue to, to keep churning stuff out and, and try to refine things and offer stuff. And I am really looking forward to getting back to, to doing some in-person teaching again. I really do miss that element. So uh, hopefully, you know, my, my plan is to use the month of August to just really put together some high quality lectures. Um, not not the, the, the actual in-person seminars. Um, and, and at the end of August, I'll have three of those done and ready to go forward with and to begin looking at dates probably starting in October and to get that ball really rolling with a, a good solid product. Awesome. 
for, for everyone listening, if you haven't already had a look at the content that Pat puts out there, 100% go, go and, and check that stuff out. If you haven't listened to the last episode that Pat, that Pat was on, I think that was about a year ago, go back to episode 118 and check that out. I know the content that he puts out, the information that he puts out, it massively helps me uh, as, a, as a coach. It's interesting. And uh, you know, from a lot of the discussion and chat that we've had in this episode, just makes you think about things a, a, a little bit more. and makes you question, right, am I actually doing... Um, the, the best that I can in terms of programming and working with clients. So thanks a lot, Pat, for taking the time to jump on. Thanks a lot to everyone listening, and I will see you all next week.